Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. President Joe Biden signed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that could bring big changes to San Diego. But local officials say additional funding is needed to maximize the benefits. UT reporter Joshua Emerson-Smith joins me now. Josh, what could the federal bill on its own mean for San Diego? Uh, Well, it's definitely going to bring us a lot of money to fix roads and highways, right? So there's there's a bunch of money in there for highway bridge repair and that kind of stuff. That's what's called formula funding. So we don't need to do anything to attract that. California is set to get a good amount of that money and it'll eventually trickle down to regions like San Diego. The other thing is applying for competitive grants. And that is really the big question mark now because San Diego, has big plans to expand its rail system. And if it can get uh, new tax money to help pay for that, it potentially has the opportunity to draw in a lot more matching dollars now under this federal uh, infrastructure plan. Okay, so San Diego has these big ambitious plans to expand its transit. Uh, You've written a lot about high-speed rail. How does this impact that? Well, this could be a game changer. It really could for the San Diego region if it goes forward with this plan to expand its transit system. Uh, We have a lot of uh, plans that have been laid out over the last three years under the San Diego Association of Governments. Um, Everything from moving the tracks along the crumbling Del Mar cliffs to uh, improving cross-border freight movement with the new Otay Mesa East border crossing to this massive 200 mile high speed rail plan for San Diego that Sandag has come up with, which includes a dozen new uh, train stations, a San Diego Grand Central, stuff that really could potentially theoretically transform the region, albeit over many decades. Now we don't have any money for this plan yet. I mean, we need to be clear that Sandag basically doesn't have any funding for its long range vision, which has a hefty price tag of $160 billion through mid-century. So first it needs to raise some local money to pay for this. But with the new infrastructure bill being signed into law, we have a, a new unprecedented ability to attract matching funds to the region. So it just means that any money we raise locally will have that much more potential to draw in state and federal dollars. So how would we raise uh, money locally? So labor and environmental groups are right now spearheading a uh, sales tax increase, and it looks like it's headed for the November 2022 ballot, and it would need a simple majority to pass, a simple majority to pass. And if that happens, then Sandag will have a little bit of money to kind of kickstart this this program and get it going and attract those, those federal dollars. So who's for this so far and who's against it? So far, a lot of people are for this. Um, Obviously, we've had a pretty big political shift in the region uh, since the 2020 elections. 
Democrats now control the city of San Diego and the County Board of Supervisors and the Sandag Board. Um, so there's a lot of people that are for this, including not only liberal politicians, but organized labor, which feels like this is gonna create a ton of jobs and the environmental groups, which uh, see this as a way to get people out of their cars and onto cleaner public transit. People who are against it are conservatives like uh, former San Diego City Councilman turned conservative talk radio host, Carl DeMaio, and um, probably the most influential Republican in the region right now, Jim Desmond, who sits on the County Board of Supervisors. So we'll see, it's, you know, it's just a simple majority that they need to get this passed next year, next winter, but that's easier said than done. A lot of people right now are raising questions about the SANDAG plan, especially because it includes new road charges. These are these per mile fees, and that has not pulled well with Republicans or Democrats. Yeah, we tell me more about that. I've heard of that. I don't know much about it, but where did that idea come from and how would it work? So this idea is, is coming from the state. And I think that that's something that people need to understand. The state is spearheading this and they plan to have something online by 2030. At least that's, that's the talk at Sandag and we have no reason to think that that's not true. The folks in Sacramento have been a little tight-lipped on this obviously because they know it's gonna be controversial but they need some way to, uh, to replace the gas tax because the current gas tax is bringing in less and less revenue because people are driving more fuel efficient cars and they're driving electric cars. And hopefully the idea is eventually we'll have more electric cars than gasoline powered cars, in which case we need to figure out a way to raise money to pay for road and bridge maintenance and, and other transportation needs. So that's why they're saying, okay, we're going to bring in this per mile fee. And then Sandag's saying, okay, so on top of the levy that the state enacts, we'll also piggyback on that and have our own, our own tax on that per mile fee. And that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big um, chunk of the money under the new plan. So while a vote in November for the tax increase, which is being spearheaded by labor and environment, uh, environmental groups, has nothing to do with the road charge and actually organized labor has disavowed the road charge. They said they do not agree with it at all. The money that would be raised from that tax would help jumpstart a plan that relies heavily on new road charges. I mean, has the question of equity come into the road charge? Because it seems to me, or the thing that I've heard the most is that you know people who, have, who make lower wages have to live farther out from city centers because it's less expensive they're going to pay the brunt of this. Is that part of the conversation? Absolutely. You know, because people are already paying that at the pump, right? If you have to live a long way away and you spend a ton of money on gas, well, you're spending, you're paying more gas tax, right? And who are those folks? They tend to be less affluent folks, right? So people are saying that the per mile fee has the opportunity to actually be more equitable because you can have programs that subsidize or, uh, or reduce that fee for people that meet certain income requirements. You know, back to just the federal infrastructure bill itself, when might we start seeing changes here? So there's formula funding that's gonna come, 
like we talked about, to California regardless. And that money should start flowing as early as next year. When it comes to these big competitive grants for uh, projects like a high-speed transit system in San Diego, that could potentially take years to get underway because the Department of the Federal Department of Transportation in many cases is getting big sums of money now that it has to design programs around in order to be able to dole it out. Then once the programs are designed, they could be litigated. So we'll have to see there, that could drag it out even longer. And then once that's finally all put in place, places like San Diego and the San, and the, and Sandag will have to apply for that money and see um, if they, if they're able to secure that funding and beat out other regions for it. So for the more competitive, larger pots of money for big projects, that's years away. For the formula funding to fix roads and bridges, that will start flowing uh, probably by early next year.